Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. We get to talk with Big Mama today, Melanie Schenkel of the Big Mama blog, is the guest on the Inspire to Action podcast, and I am super excited. I have loved her writing for years. She is fantastically funny and witty, and she loves Jesus, and she's a Texan. Now, she did go to A&M, and I'm not sure how I feel about that, but aside from all that, uh, I just, I've loved Melanie's writing for a long time, and if you're not familiar with her, she is a New York Times best-selling author. Her, her first book, Sparkly Green Earrings, is a lot about motherhood, and then she has a new book coming out called The Antelope in the Living Room, which is a lot about marriage, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about marriage and about friendship, and she's going to share some of her best fashion tips for people like me who are fashion challenged. Not that she said that, I said that, but it's true. So stay tuned for that. She gives some really practical, really practical stuff that even people like me (laughs) can apply. All right, now before we jump into the episode with Melanie, I wanted to thank you guys for a couple things. First of all, I had the random request, because I just like goals, a couple episodes ago uh, for you guys to leave reviews if you're enjoying the podcast on iTunes, and you did. And I had the random goal of wanting to hit 100 reviews, and you guys totally nailed it. So thank you very much for doing that. Um, That's just a fun goal. And the best thing about it is that now the Inspired Action podcast is in the top charts for kids and family on iTunes. And it is, I think it's like 162 on the iTunes chart. And then in Stitcher, if you're listening to this via the Stitcher app, which is another great way to listen to the podcast, we're actually number nine on that chart. So Thank you guys for being awesome, and I really hope that the more exposure that the show gets, the more encouragement moms get, the more they feel valued and empowered to do the incredible job that they've been called to do. So let me thank Jen M. Ayer and yeah, or Jen Mayer. I'm not sure if that's an initial and then a last name or how that goes, but let's go with Jen Mayer and KSU Brandy Lee and AW161, Alexa YM, and 2587360 for the very kind reviews that you left on iTunes. Now, for y'all, I wanted to share a verse that's been on my heart and really inspiring me, that I've been praying a lot for my family, and I've been praying for you all as well. And it's Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Now, if you are running, I don't want you to pull out your Bible because you could trip. If you're doing dishes, you could get it wet. So I'm just going to read it to you because I actually have it printed out here in front of me at my desk. And Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, and it says this, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory 
he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Man, that's so good. I love that. I love praying that for my kids. I love praying that for people that that I'm believing for, that they would continue to grow in the Lord, that they continue to grow as people and impact the world around them. And I just love that we, we serve a God who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think, and that all of that power and greatness is at work within us through Jesus Christ. That's just that's just good stuff. So I challenge you maybe to print that out, put that on your refrigerator, put that on your car dashboard. Don't read it while you're driving, but you know, while you're in the school pickup line, pray it over your kids, pray it over your church. Um, just good, inspiring scripture. So I just had a heart to share that with you this week. Thanks for uh, listening to that. And now we'll go ahead and jump in to our episode with Melanie. Hey, Melanie. Hi, Kat. How are you? I am doing very well today. I want to start off because I told a friend of mine that I was going to be chatting with you today, and she wanted me to let you know that in her feed reader, she has a section called Friends. Yes. And you're in there, and you're the only person (laughs) she doesn't know on her friends list. But she wanted me to make sure and let you know that you are her friend, whether you know it or not. Oh, so. that makes me happy. <laughs> well, you can tell her she's my friend too, even though I don't I don't know her. If she reads me every morning and I'm in her friends, then I consider her friend too. Well, she'll be stopping by tomorrow for breakfast. No. Um, <laughs> no, but I, you give that vibe, I think, to people in the way that you write, in the way that you share. And you're just, you're an incredible writer. I often say when I grow up, I would like to write like Melanie Schenkel because I just love I love your humor, and I do not know how you pull out random references <laughs> to things from eras gone by that I, I don't even know my my brain could pull up if it tried. And so all those references to things just <laughs> rack me up to no end. And but you really just exude this um, approach approachable personality that that oh, I think makes sweet. people. Pro- I bet there's tons of people who have you in their friend thing, even though they've never <laughs> even met you. Um, but just think for anybody who possibly, and I don't know why, because I tell everybody to read your blog, anybody who may not have read your blog, I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe how you got started writing. Okay. Um, my blog is Big Mama, and I started it back in um, July of 2006, which hey, is hard I, to believe. Can I jump in? And yeah. Can you give the URL? Because I've Googled Big Mama oh, yes. before. Oh, yeah. You don't want to, yeah, you definitely don't want to just search Big Mama. You'll see some stuff you'll wish you hadn't seen. Um, it is thebigmamablog.com, and Mama is M A M A. So, um, thebigmamablog.com. But I started it um, in July 2006 on a total whim on a free blogger template. 
um, never imagining that I would do it for any amount of time. I really just thought I was going to jot down, just kind of write some memories and just different things. Cause my daughter Caroline at the time was about to turn three. Um, and she was at the time started calling me big mama because I was always telling her what a big girl she was. And so she started calling me big mama. Um, so I named my blog that never imagining, you know, that that would stick. And now I am <laughs> big mama. I would have probably thought more carefully about that. I put some thought into it. And then, um, and so I write every day. I write Monday through Friday. Um, as my dad says, it's pretty much like the Seinfeld of blogs. It's a blog about nothing. Um, it's just whatever is on my mind or whatever we did. And really, I think what I try to do and what I hope I do is just kind of make ordinary life seem a little more fun. I mean, you know, my life looks like everybody else's. I mean, I'm going to Target, I'm going to the grocery store, I'm making lunches, I'm running a carpool, I'm taking kids to practice, but it's just kind of finding um, just the funny or the absurd or just, you know, those little light moments in the midst of all of that. That's what I love about your blog. I, you know, I'll, I'll mention you to somebody and they'll say, well, what it's about? And I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's really just kind of about her life, which is pretty much just like my life. <laughs> but you have this way, I mean, you, you've written this massively popular blog. You've written two books now. And it's just a great example to moms that your life is interesting, that their lives yeah. are interesting. And we just yeah. need to, to look for that and look for all the fascinating things in our everyday experiences, all the fabulous stories that, you know, might go unnoticed. And that's one thing that I just really, really enjoy about your blog. Well, thank you. You've been married for 16 years. Is that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, you're married to Perry and you have mm -hmm. a daughter, Caroline. I think she's about the same age as my girls. How old is she? Yeah, she's 10. She's so 10. She's, oh, she's right in between. Fifth grade. Yeah, fifth okay. grade. I have, an, I have an 11 year old and a nine year old. Okay, so. yeah. So she's right in the middle. Awesome. Fun. Yeah, it's um, a good age. It, it, oh, can I just say, I, I love know. it. It is. I really, it's funny because, you know, you miss, I mean, if you're like me, I mean, sometimes I'll miss the toddler age because that was such a squishy, sweet yes. time, you know, yes. where they were just so funny and precious. But like, I love hearing her thoughts on life and mm -hmm. like seeing her personality and who she really is like emerge. I think that's the most fascinating thing ever. Like, and, and I have to say, I get this sense of pride, like, she can she can win me over with funny any day of the week. Like when she's funny, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to see my DNA at work. Like it makes me feel so proud. So it's not about her grades, it's not about her athletic ability. It's just if she can be humorous, I'm like, that is so golden. It makes me so happy. Well, really, that's the important thing. Well, it is. I it mean, is. that really is the most important thing. That's what colleges are really looking at these days. Is, <laughs> are you funny? So. Do you ever have funny fails, though? Because I feel like I have a very sarcastic sense of humor. Yeah. And my kids attempt that at times. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, you know, I'm like, should I punish you right now? I'm not sure because yeah. I think. You're just trying to be like your mom. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And she'll do it where she, because Perry and I are really sarcastic with each other, you know. So when the three of us, and she's an only child, so when we're sitting at the dinner table together, he and I'll be, you know, bantering back and forth about something. And then she gets in on it. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't know that my 10-year-old needs to say that to me. You know, like. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's that. And all of a sudden, but then you feel bad because it is where you're like, well, I think she's just imitating what she's hearing us do. And she doesn't realize there's a line there because we're adults and she's a child. So, oh, I know. Yeah, I get that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's been a challenge because I, I agree. I love seeing their personality. I love seeing their attempts at humor, just not always in public. <laughs> yeah, that's it. 
<laughs> yes, that's uh, it. Sometimes you want to go, why don't you whisper that thought to me first before right. you say it out loud? Right. Uh, yeah, this this weekend, my, my 11-year-old, she hadn't been feeling well, allergies. I don't know if they're hitting San Antonio, but they're oh, yeah. definitely in Central Texas. And uh, she'd been kind of sitting up and listening to Caleb on her little MP3 player. And she'd made a list of all the songs that she liked and wrote mm-hmm. them down and the names of the artists. And like... I I love I love that music. I mean, I love humor, and music is right right up there with it. So when she brought me this list, I was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll spend all of my gift card money on you because yeah. this is just a beautiful thing." So we sat down and we found all the songs, and then we literally probably spent an hour just trying to match up our our iPhones to play uh-huh. it at the same time, which is, oh. I think that's actually kind of impossible because we tried yes. really hard and we could never do it. We think we'd gotten it for 15 seconds and then it was totally off. But just now that they're at that age when we can have things in common. Yes. Oh, it's yes. just so fun. Just like you said, just helping them find their, watching them really mm-hmm. find their personalities. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I really, I love it. I love this age. It just, it, it, to me, it gets better and better. So mm-hmm. if you're, if you're trying to potty train a toddler right now, just be encouraged. It gets better. Yes, definitely, definitely. So one thing I wanted to ask you about is your friendship with Gully. So for those of y'all listening who maybe haven't read Melanie's blog, you need to go do that first of all. I promise. Um, if you're in a hurry to go somewhere, maybe don't go read it because you just want to read and keep reading oh. and keep reading and keep reading. But if you have a minute, go and read it. It's just, I love it. Love it. And so Gully, uh, uh, Melanie, her best friend's name is Gully. Yes. And y'all have this incredible, like, Lucille Ball and Ethel. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what Ethel's last name is. But from I Love Lucy, just this fun relationship where you're always over at each other's houses and always hanging out and always <laughs> doing things. And I think so many moms would love a friendship like that. And we have, you know, friendships and good yes. friends, but not that sister deep thing that I don't know if it's our culture now or I don't know if it's a lack of intentionality or whatever. So I'd love to hear your story of how you guys met, how you maintain your friendship in the midst of busy life. You know, we met, um, it's funny because people ask about that all the time. We met in college. Gully's a year younger than me. Her real name is Amy. Gully was her maiden name. So just a little background. Gully's not a real name. Um, That would be disturbing. Yes, it would. So that was her maiden name. But we're kids from the 70s. So we had like 25 friends in college that were all named Amy, you know, (laughs) because that was the name. So everybody we called, all the Amys were pretty much called by their last name. Um, And my younger sister's Amy. So there's just a plethora of Amys in my life. So she's gully. And by the time she got married 10 years after we met, it was like, well, I'm sorry, you're gully now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she, we met um, her freshman year in college, my sophomore year. We were at Texas A&M and we were diamond darlings together. Like um, baseball? Uh, those are bat girls for the baseball awesome. team. And um, yes, we were. And so... Um, <laughs> We, um, our first bond, I actually, we had secret sisses, kind of like sororities do in that. And she actually was my secret sis. And so that was kind of our first bond. And we ended up sitting by each other at our Christmas. We had a Christmas formal that year and we sat and we both had like the worst dates ever. <laughs> like we were, she was with a boyfriend that she knew she was about to break up with, but she just still, she'd already asked him. So she was had to go. And I was with this guy that I'd kind of been set up with and he was a total dud and wore a sweater vest, which I always say was like the nicest thing I could say about him. <laughs> and so she and I commiserated over our bad dates. 
Um, and then I found out her family, she actually is from Bryan College Station and her family lived there. And so she became like my favorite friend to spend time with because like she had a house she could go to with like a mom that like cooked <laughs> us meals and would let us do our laundry and study. And so I always laugh that I say like with her family, I was kind of like that movie, What About Bob? Like I just showed <laughs> up and like, they, they haven't been able to get rid of me. Like 25 years later, I'm still coming around. Um, but um, that's when we became friends. And, you know, and I think that there's something about those college friends that are different. I think that's mm-hmm. part of why, because I mean, I have a ton of friends that I've made at different seasons of my life, but I think college is such a different time because you live together, you do everything together. And so your friends really become like your family. And mm-hmm. so, and I think, and she's an only child. Um, and so we grew, and I have one younger sister, but I think we just, we became like sisters because we, I mean, we shared a room and something about our personalities just clicks. Like we just complement each other and we're, we're different in a lot of ways. She's by far the extrovert and I'm the introvert. I mean, I would laugh in college because I would say she would be the one that would make all the new friends. And then I would just become friends with whoever she brought home because <laughs> that was easier than me trying to go out and make my own friends. So, um, we just click. And I think that we had both been hurt by girls in high school. You know, I mm-hmm. think that, you know, how that goes, those years are hard. And I think we both had hearts and friends that had um, let us down. We both grew up as kids from divorced homes. So I think that there's always been something in each of us that knows we have to treat the other one with gentleness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's what we've always done is, I mean, you know, people are always like, don't y'all ever get on each other's nerves and don't y'all fight. And we really don't. I mean, like, I I can't think of a time in the whole 25 years we've been friends that we really have gotten like really mad at each other. I mean, we may have a misunderstanding or whatever, but we just, we treat each other with kindness and gentleness. And, um, and we always say that everybody knows not to talk about the other one to one of us because you're not going to get anywhere. You know, we would never betray each other. Um, we're just loyal. And I just feel like God really knit our hearts together and kind of gave us, like a piece of a relational puzzle that we were both missing. And, um, and so we say on any given day, we are each other's mother, sister, friend, mm-hmm. um, confidant. And it's funny to even look because Perry's personality is a lot like Gully's and that he's an extrovert and he's more outgoing. And then her husband is more like me. So we're like, we even managed to find spouses that somehow <laughs> embody <up>. these characteristics <laughs> of each other. Um, and then, you know, it's just, it's a dream come true. I mean, who would have thought that we would end up living a mile away from each other? I mean, that wasn't the plan. I mean, San Antonio was a city that really had no connection for either one of us, but we've ended up here, which is just amazing. So was that planned at all? Did one of you move there first and then the other one came as well? Or how did that work out? Well, I moved, I moved to San Antonio after college graduation because I got a job here. Um, and I didn't know anybody here. And then I met Perry, and so all of a sudden I had more incentive to stay in San Antonio instead of moving to Dallas or somewhere cooler at first, <laughs> you know, opportunity. Um, so I met Perry, and then randomly, Gully had one more semester at A&M, and then she moved to Austin and got a job in Austin. So we weren't too far apart from each other. Um, but then she got set up with John, who is her husband now, who lives in Dallas, but is from San Antonio and Mm -hmm. get this is from San Antonio. Um, he and Perry grew up playing little league together and their dads were fraternity brothers at the university of Texas together. Oh my goodness. I know, but we met them totally independent of each other. So it's kind of just one of those amazing God things. 
Wow, that's very cool. And so she married him and ended up back in San Antonio. And did you find houses near each other or is that coincidental too? Well, we kind of, because our husbands grew up near each other, because we're, she's in one school, we're, we live close, but our kids are in two different school districts. Um, so they, they live in the neighborhood where her husband grew up and her kids go to the same schools he went to. And then we live in the neighborhood where my husband grew up. And so my kid, my, my kids, my one child will go to the school where Perry went and all that. So we just, it just kind of worked out that we both wanted to live in the same area. That is so good. So even if you had drifted apart as friends, you have to come back together Mm because your husbands were friends too. Yeah. But has there ever been a season when you guys have, when one of you just got busy, when, you know, when you guys were living in different cities, when you had to be incredibly intentional about your relationship? Oh, for sure. I mean, I like I look back and think, I mean, you know, when she when we were both single um, and she was in Austin and I was in San Antonio, I mean, we would drive and meet in San Marcos all the time to go shop or eat or whatever. We would make that time. But then when I started dating Perry and she started dating John, I mean, you know, when you're mm-hmm. in that first stages of that relationship that is the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. I mean, I think if there was ever a time we weren't I mean, we were close, but just not as we didn't see each other as often. Mm-hmm. And then she actually, she and her husband lived in Dallas the first two years they were married. So she didn't actually get back to San Antonio or she didn't actually get to San Antonio until um, I was pregnant with Caroline is when she, um, or when they moved here because they had been in Dallas and Austin and then ended up in San Antonio. Well, I love San Antonio. We go there every year for New Year's. We go on the Riverwalk because they oh, light it all up. Mm-hmm. That's okay. right. It's yeah. our big New Year's tradition in our family. So it's one of my favorite cities to go to. Um, so you said that Perry ended up being a lot like Gully. Yes. Which would... I think is so true. I think, you know, yeah. whoever our best friends are, they're really just going to be female versions of whoever we marry because that's kind of who we click with, you know, and, yeah. and, and the personalities we find. So how did you meet, how did you meet him? I met him, we originally met at a and um, the last semester that I was there and that he was there, actually both of our last semester. Um, there's a Bible study that's still there called Breakaway. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, is it, that, didn't, uh, Greg Ross Mont. King or Shane and yeah, Shane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And Chris Tomlin. Okay, wow. Yeah, we were there. Chris Tomlin was our worship leader. Nice. Um, I know. It's, you know, I hope his career works out for him. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you played a very integral part in his success. Oh, for sure I did. I'm sure. Um, but, you know, it's funny because I remember when he became the worship leader, we were like, God, oh, I hope he's as good as the guy that used to be here. <laughs> um, so that's kind of worked out for Chris Tomlin. <laughs> but um, at the time, it was led by Greg Mott, who's now the uh, head pastor at First Baptist in Houston. Oh. Um But Greg had started Breakaway, and so Perry had been going for several years, and I had not because I really was, um, I did not really come back to Christ until right at the end of my college career. Um, And so, and a friend said, you need to, basically, you need to get to Bible study and get your life straight. And so I started going to Breakaway, and Perry hosted a small group Bible study for Breakaway, um, just a small, like, prayer group that prayed for Breakaway in his house. And so my friend brought me to that. My friend Jennifer was like, why don't you come to this meeting? And so it's weird to me because I don't, I don't have a great memory. I know you said I remember all those cultural references. I have a great memory for that <laughs> kind of stuff. I don't have a great memory for life stuff <laughs> necessarily. But I remember so clearly walking into his apartment and seeing him for the first time 
and what he talked about and what he prayed about. And I, I, I look back on that and think that's, that was such a gift to me because there's no way in my normal self that like I remember all those details because I'm not a good detail person. So um, we met then and then he actually was moving back to San Antonio um, to finish up school here. And I moved to San Antonio because I got a job. And so um, Greg Mont, who had been the leader of Breakaway, was a mutual friend of ours. And we were both, I think, bored and lonely and didn't have anybody to hang out with. So he he basically set us up with each other, just as friends, but it ended up working out. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I love yeah. that. And if, so is he younger than you finishing up school in San Antonio? Was he doing like a graduate degree or something? Oh, no. Listen, Perry is, we say he took the tour of Texas colleges. I think <laughs> he may still be a junior somewhere <laughs> at some university. We don't know for sure. Um no, he had just decided he was going to Blinn, and he had been trying to get into A&M, and he had finally thought it just made more sense to come home and um, live with his mom. And his mom is a widow, um, and he has a younger brother that's seven years younger than him that at the time was in high school. So mm-hmm. he just felt like it was good for him to be home with his mom and with his brother, and so he moved back home. Well, did that just did that fact just melt your heart right there? That Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's husband material right there. Yes. Very sweet. I mean, that's, yeah, he's a, he's a good, I mean, I think from the time I met him, I was like, oh, there's something different about him. You know, it was just something different. So, um, well, first of all, I have to say, um, although you went to Texas A&M, <laughs> I am okay with talking to you, um, because I, you know, I, I'm a Baylor yes, girl, I know, Baylor I alum, love it. <laughs> but I've often told my husband because I, I would, I'm trying to brainwash my children to attend Baylor University. My husband is a little concerned about this thing called money. Yes. Uh, because it would be like a small fortune for all three of my kids to go yes. to Baylor. Mm-hmm. So I've told him that if they have to go to another university in Texas, I would want it to be AM. Oh, that warms my heart. I hope that so. My heart. You are my person. Yes. I hope so. Good. Well, and it's good because it's right down the road. I mean, true. It's, true. Yeah. Well, and I've just heard so, I mean, I've known so many amazing godly people coming out of there i mean you know there's all kinds of people mm. everywhere but just in breakaway in particular i'd heard about and then because am i wrong that shane and shane were a part no, of shane, yeah you know? that was after yeah. my time but shane okay. and shane were there okay and uh, ross king and, and ross king. chris tomlin mm-hmm. so there's all kinds of awesome coming out of a&m i love it yeah it's a great place i mean it's a good and it, it still has such a good it just I, something about College Station. It's kind of probably like Waco, where it's just it's a small town. Mm-hmm. So you've just got the college there, and I just I think it insulates kids a little bit, which I don't think is a bad thing in those years. Right, it kind of feels a little more like a safe haven than that you're thrown into like a big city and all that that has to offer. Yes, you can only get into so much trouble. That's exactly. I mean, that's <laughs> what we used to say. Is I was like, even in my wildest days in College Station, everything shut down at one in the morning, <laughs> so there was only so late you could stay out. I mean, you know, you you didn't have the option to stay out all night in a bar or doing something you aren't supposed to be doing because the town closed down, which I think there's a there's a safety net in there for those of us who might not have been smart enough to to draw those boundaries for ourselves. So you recently wrote a new book, and I have to say I loved your first book, and I always get it backwards, sparkly green earrings, right? That's I would, it. Yeah, you I would often I would often say green sparkly earrings for the longest time. It's interchangeable. Loved it. And so I got your new book, and I literally got it I walked into the house. I started reading 
the, I don't know, what is it called? The recommendations? The, yeah, the endorsements. The endorsements the in the front. <laughs> and it was one of those things where you do something and suddenly your kids are fabulously interested in whatever you're doing because you're laughing out loud. <laughs> so I'm like reading it and just sitting down, cracking up. And they're like, what, mama, what? <laughs> and so then, you know, I'm laughing like it's the funniest thing on earth because I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And, but then they're all children. <laughs> so yeah. they knew who Siri was. So they tried to really laugh hard at that one. But they just didn't quite get it. They're like, I don't know who Jen Ma- Hatmaker is. Yeah. <laughs> um, who's Fred Sanford? Who's Coach Taylor? <laughs> so they were looking at me a little bit like I was a crazy woman because I was laughing so hard and they had no clue why. <laughs> but know. it's just, I mean, well, even even your uh, press release letter that came with the book was hilarious. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I was like, y'all, you know, I was just telling my kids because my husband was working. I was like, kids look like even this even this even this letter is funny and so I started reading it and my 11 year old is starting to kind of get some stuff so she kind of laughed in that I'm 11 and I'm really trying to get adult humor but I don't quite (laughs) but I'm gonna laugh anyway yes bless her heart so I just want to say so hilarious and fun and relatable what made you write this book you know, when I was writing Sparkly Green Earrings, I kept thinking there were different stories that I wanted to tell. And I just, Perry and I are so, here's the thing. I don't think our marriage is that much different than anybody else's marriage. I mean, it's it's a different version because we're the two people in it. But I think so many times in marriage, you just realize you're married to somebody who may be completely opposite from you in so many ways. Yes. Um, and there's humor in that. And so when I was writing Sparkly Green Earrings, I kept thinking of these stories and I was like, I've got to tell that. And so I really knew before I finished Sparkly Green Earrings that I was like, if I get the chance to write another book, it's going to be called The Antelope in the Living Room, and it's going to be about <laughs> marriage. So I just, I, I knew it. And it just, um, because we have an antelope in our living room. And I thought that's such a perfect analogy of marriage of, you know, <laughs> instead of the elephant in the living room, you have the antelope in the living room. Yes, we have duck in our refrigerator. I know that's not quite as exotic, but I was no. little, we had squirrel in our refrigerator. Oh, no, that's exotic. That's exotic. It was disturbing, too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He actually fed some to our children, and I was like, I don't know what I think about that. (laughs) I like to think I'm daring, but I wasn't quite, not quite that that It tastes like chicken. Isn't that what they say? It all tastes like chicken. That's what they say. I don't know. It didn't smell like chicken. (laughs) (laughs) So do you hunt? Um, You know, I used to hunt some. I don't really anymore. Um, I used to hunt. I talk about that some in the antelope in the living room. When Perry and I were first dating, you know, you want to do everything that they do. And my family grew up, I mean, like our outdoor activity was like golf. That was about as outdoorsy <laughs> as we got. So um, the, the hunting and the ranch and all that stuff was so new to me. And But I loved it. And I, I still love it. Like I love going down there. I love seeing the deer. I love whatever. But I kind of learned early on. I, did, I think I lost my killer instinct um, pretty quick. And I for sure lost it after I became a mom. I feel like that was at that point, I was like, oh, I can't do it anymore. So um, all these animals were once somebody's baby. It yes. was too much for me. So. Yes. Um, but I will have to say it has its benefits being married to a hunter because I rarely have to buy meat at the grocery store. So that's nice. Are you, are you a big meat eater? My husband brings home, he's recently gotten into hunting and Mm -hmm. he'll bring home stuff and I'm just not, I don't love meat. And so Mm -hmm. game meat is a little bit even possibly lower. So, so do you feel like he brings home this thing and you're able to adequately, you know, be like, "Mm, (laughs) hmm, this is good. 
You know what? Yes, but I will tell you, because that's all we eat. Like, I never buy beef. I mean, if I cook a roast, it's from a deer. Everything's venison at our house. But Perry has figured out over the years, it's all about the aging process. This is a whole, listen, this could be a whole other podcast. (laughs) But you have to let your meat age because beef ages, and that's what breaks it down and makes it tender. So if people try to cook like fresh deer meat, it's not going to be good. It's going to be tough. So you have to let it age and it breaks down the, all the, whatever makes it tough. And so, um, and then we get it all processed. And, um, so, I mean, that's what I use is ground meat, but you think now, I mean, to go to like whole foods, you're going to spend a fortune to get like grass fed beef, Mm -hmm. but you can get grass fed venison. And that's, I mean, we, we use that for everything. Okay. I'm just going to ask you because my husband will be so proud of me for informing him (laughs) of this. What do you mean by aging? Like, when, like when it's out on the field after you dress it or whatever, how okay. do they call it dressing? Whatever you call it, when you we no, so you dress, you so you you field dress it and get all your meat, and then Perry just brings home all the meat, like just you know after you skin it and do all that stuff, and so he brings it and then he puts it in like big Ziploc bags, and we have an outdoor refrigerator, and so we'll keep it. We just put it in that. The big thing is you don't want it to freeze before it breaks down, so it can age in the refrigerator. And so he keeps it in the refrigerator for about two and a half weeks in oh, those wow. Ziploc bags. Yeah. So like, I mean, to the point that you think this meat is bad and then he rinses it off and then that's when he'll bring it in. Sadly, he brings it into the house. We need to get him an outdoor sink, but he brings it into the house. It's like a bloodbath and um, <laughs> brings it in. And then that's when he'll chop it all up into like steaks or whatever, or we'll take whatever we're going to take to the meat market and they'll grind it into ground meat for us. And then the rest, and then we package it and freeze it and we have an outdoor freezer and it all goes in the freezer at that point. Very cool. My husband's going to be so proud of me. I know. Look, I mean, who says who says that podcasts can't teach you something? There you have it. Podcast for mom, you learn how to properly <laughs> age and dress venison. So That's it. everyone listening, if your husband is a hunter, <laughs> You just go in and tell him that like you knew it yep. all along. That's what that's what I bring you these episodes for each and every week that's to it. impress your husband. That's um, it. Drop that bombshell on <laughs> So you tried hunting. What what of your interests has he tried? You know, not a lot, I'm <laughs> honest. But it really is better that way. I mean, we laugh. I mean, but you know, he'll sit and try to watch my TV shows with me every now and then, but I've just decided it's painful for both of us, <laughs> you know, and it's better for us just not to. Um and so, you know, I don't, I don't know that he's tried a whole lot of my interest in the whole scheme of things, but I think, but I mean, but what are my interests in a way? It's kind of like, so he's either going to be watching like Friday night lights with me, or he's going to be like on Facebook looking at stuff or on Twitter, you know, and he'll ask me like when we sit on the couch at night, he's like, what's everybody tweeting about? You know, he, at least he speaks my language now, you know, um, but that's it. I don't think he's ever gotten into most of my interest, which is fine. I mean, we've tried to shop together and it's a disaster. So it's really just better that we kind of do our own separate things. And that's really what take what 16 years of marriage is for to figure out what yes. works for you. Yes, yeah. it is. Yes, that, that I, he doesn't need to come shop with me. Right. We don't need that to happen. It's we do, we do better when we're just, you know, here and you know, we enjoy going out to dinner and every now and then there'll be a movie out that we both want to see and that feels like a victory. That's about <laughs> as good as it gets. Yes. And I think <laughs> honestly I think that's a really huge point that is um a lot of people don't get and that I forget from time to time is that, you know, like, especially one example for us is I'll see um, couples at the grocery store shopping together. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. We, we, we tried that early in our marriage and it doesn't really go well. No. And my husband is absolutely wonderful, but, you know, he, he, he doesn't know what we're getting. 
And mm. so he's just kind of following along, and it's not exactly the place that he wants to be. And so it just was painful. And yeah. But we realized, wow, we don't like to do that. But you know what? My kids love to go to the grocery store with me. Oh, that's a score. And, uh, I know. And so we, I, it's like a special date that we do on Sunday mm-hmm. mornings, one kid each week, and they get to drink coffee. <laughs> I know, terrible. Yeah. But, um, but And so we've just learned over the years what works for other people might not work for us, and that's okay. Yes, yes. Oh, I think that's like, to me, one of the biggest things I learned early on in marriage was like that your marriage is as unique as the two people that make up your marriage. And so you can't mm-hmm. look at other couples. I feel like you're going to make yourself crazy looking at other couples to see like what they do or how they do things, because that's not necessarily going to work for you, you mm-hmm. know? And it's just wanting about things to look a certain way. And it's like letting go of that and just being whoever you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it takes, I mean, it's a, it takes a lot of uh, successes and failures and arguments to get to that point and to learn what works for each of you and what works for you together. But I, I think not holding those, you know, movie standards up as what everybody should do is so crucial. And just mm-hmm. taking it one day at a time, figuring out what works for you. Yes, um, absolutely. So where can people get your book? When is it out? It comes out Tuesday, February 4th. Um, and it is going to be available pretty much at, at any bookseller you can imagine. It should be at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, um, Books A Million, Lifeway, um, any other Christian bookstores for sure. And am I forgetting anything else? Oh, you've uh, covered so. all the ones in my town. Sam's Club. I know last time it was at Sam's Club, which I thought was super <laughs> exciting. Um <clears throat> and then we're working on Target, but as of now, it is not in Target. Okay. It's online well, that, at Target, but that it's not seems in the a little store. wrong considering what a large proponent you are of. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's I feel like they've kind of hurt my feelings yeah. with as much money as I've spent on Massimo things over <laughs> the course of my life. Is that how you um, say it? I didn't even know. I, I have all these words in my head that I never <laughs> say out loud. How do you say it again? Massimo. Massimo. I've been saying it wrong. All this is well. You may be saying it right. I may be saying it wrong. I don't know. But I don't even want to try to say it now because, well, (laughs) I'm sure it's wrong. Okay, Uh, I know we're coming up on our time here, but I'd love to give you. I'd love for you to give any mom like me who is completely fashion challenged and wears Mm -hmm. the same clothes all the time a couple basic fashion tips to take us out of mom jean category or just boring category into something that we feel excited about. So what are a few tips or staples that we should have in our wardrobe? I think every mom needs a good pair of jeans that are not mom jeans. Um, And I think you can't go wrong if you get them at Gap. I think you're pretty much going to get a current cut of jean if you look at Gap. Um, I think if you want to spend a little more money, which I'm a proponent of, if you're going to spend money on something, spend it on a pair of jeans because you'll wear them all the time. I mean, you know, you think a top or whatever, you're not going to wear every day. But jeans, you'll wear those a couple of times a week at least. Um, And if you have like a Nordstrom in your area or a larger department store, a lot of times they'll have like a jean fitting person that can help you know what brands. Um, And Target doesn't have that. Target does not have that. And I've always said, I mean, I still have, you know, I mean, I spend a lot of money on my jeans, but I also have jeans that I've had for like six or seven years that I still wear. Um, So anytime I've ever bought cheaper jeans at Old Navy or whatever, I end up spending as much over the course of however many years if I had just bought a nice pair to begin with. Um, And another tip is sometimes you can find nicer jeans at TJ Maxx or even like on eBay. You can look Mm -hmm. and find um, 
good designer genes that people um, are trying to get rid of. I'll also throw in there that if you happen to live in a college town, I live where Baylor University is, and there are a ton of wealthy college kids who get rid of the clothes every single season. And so I shop at a local consignment store and you can get re- I got a pair oh. of wool slacks the uh, not too long ago that were originally $345 and the tag and extra button were still on it. Oh and I got gosh. it for $20. <gasps> I've never wanted to come to Waco and shop, and now all of a sudden I do. I'm come like, on, and then you can tell to- me what to buy. <laughs> I know, seriously. Um so I think that I think a good pair of like cute shoes. And so in the winter, I have a comfortable pair of boots that I wear with all my skinny jeans. But I think those can also just be like a pair of Converse, some, mm. some something along those lines are cute. Um, and then even just I feel like with scarves and accessories, I mean, I think you can go to Old Navy or Gap and just buy yourself a bunch of T-shirts and different colors and do jeans and T-shirts, but add scarves or add necklaces. I think sometimes when we see somebody in a cute outfit, what I've learned over the years is it's not necessarily the pieces of that outfit. It's the accessories that Mm -hmm. make that outfit, you know, like a fun colored scarf or a bright pair of earrings or a necklace or bracelets. It's sometimes those things are what take it over the edge a little bit to be cuter. Which makes it a lot less complicated because you're just buying jeans and a t-shirt then. And then the accessories can go with lots of different things. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think if you have jeans and a white t-shirt, I mean, you can wear that with, you know, a colorful scarf from Gap and a pair of Converse tennis shoes. But then if you have like a black blazer, then you can throw that black blazer on with like a gold chain with that same outfit and put on a pair of boots. And that's a whole different look. I'm totally picturing the wrong kind of gold chain. (laughs) Yeah. Not, I'm talking about a long. And then you put on your grills. Yes. I was going to say, let's, let's call it, let's go back and say a gold necklace. That sounds better than (laughs) a gold chain. It's a gold necklace. So awesome. um, Yeah. So a lot of times it's just about getting, but I think when you're buying basic pieces, I mean, I always tell people, I think you need to spend as much as you can spend within your budget on the staples and then, you know, go to Forever 21 or consignment stores or whatever to get the little trendy stuff because you don't want to spend a lot of money on that stuff. Very good. I'm inspired to go shopping now, which never happens. That that is actually a very big statement because I hate shopping. There you go. Tell your husband not to call me and complain. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I think you kind of balanced it out with the um, hunting tip. Oh, there you go. So oh, that's right. That's I think right. that's worth several, you know, maybe $1,000. I don't know. Probably, because the money you're going to save in, in groceries. Exactly. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Melanie, thank you so much for joining us today. I um, loved chatting with you. I love reading your book. Um, and, and if you guys listening haven't gotten either of her books, just go get them. Get them both. One talks a lot about motherhood. The other one talks a lot about marriage. You need both. Uh, they're fantastic. Subscribe to her blog. Add it to your friends folder because she's going <laughs> to feel like your best friend. Um, Melanie, thank you for joining us. If you had one thing you could do to encourage any mom listening to this as she goes back about her day, what would you say to her? You know, I think for me, what I've learned in life and just in finding the joy in life is that um, God never calls us to do this in our own strength. He's not calling us to be the best wife and the best mother and, you know, the best career woman or whatever else your day brings in your own strength, that He is with us. And um, a verse that I've been um, kind of working with over the first, over over this year, and I have it written down everywhere, is... um, in Colossians. And it just says that he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And it's not our job to hold all this together, but just to seek him daily. And, you know, even if, 
as you're searching for socks and through dirty clothes and you know your 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 morning is chaos. It's like I've just learned if I'll just take this moment to say, God, I need you to hold this together today. Um and just ask him to give you the strength to do that and just relax and knowing that you know what, here's the thing, you are gonna screw it up. You're gonna yell at your kids when you weren't when you didn't mean to. You're gonna be impatient. You're gonna be selfish. Um, but he doesn't call us to perfection. He just calls us to seek him and that he's gonna cover the rest of it. So good. So good. Melanie, thank you for joining us. Um, everybody listening, go get her books and, uh, Melanie, we will talk with you again soon. I hope that sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercy. May my 